This is the SkyTap Podcast. Thank you for joining us on another episode. I'm your host, Noel Wurst. Before we get started, it's been a while since we recorded one of these, so if you're new to the show, you may have found us on our blog at skytap.com, but you can also subscribe to the show by searching for SkyTap on the iTunes Store or SoundCloud. We'd love to have you subscribe so you're always the first to know when we release new episodes, and we have a lot of great episodes coming out over the next few weeks and beyond. Today's show was a favorite of mine. I somehow managed to get some one-on-one time with Sanjeev Sharma, CTO of DevOps Adoption at IBM, during uh, IBM Interconnect a couple of weeks ago, and I was able to ask him about his new book and his views on the difference between tactical and strategic reasons to adopt DevOps and the different benefits that those two drivers provide to organizations. Speaking of Sanjeev's book, you should pick up a copy and read it. It's titled The DevOps Adoption Playbook, a guide to adopting DevOps in a multi-speed IT enterprise, and it's really great. The playbook nature of the book is a very unique approach in a sea of DevOps how-tos and ultimate guides, and I really can't recommend reading it enough. Let's get on with the show. This is the SkyTap Podcast with special guest Sanjeev Sharma. So we're sitting here with Sanjeev Sharma, uh, DevOps CTO at IBM, and uh, he recently released the DevOps Adoption Playbook, which I just finished up and was, was a really great read. And So Sanjeev, I was curious as to what the, the inspiration or motivation was for, for, uh, for writing that and, and what made you think to do it as a playbook and not just a, a guide, a how-to, steps, and things like that. Sure. Well, thanks, Noel, for having me. And uh, I really enjoyed writing the book. It was, you know, took a couple of years to really pull it all together. But uh, to answer your question about, uh, you know, the motivation, I'm I'm a client-facing resource at IBM, right? So my I, I've been working for the last four years as a worldwide lead of our DevOps adoption team, mm-hmm. working with clients, helping them adopt DevOps, and I just noticed this shift over the last maybe one and a half to two years, where clients have started going from asking what is DevOps, Mm -hmm. to asking how do I adopt this and how do I more importantly, if I'm in a large enterprise, scale it. So this book was really uh, uh, just a collection of those conversations, Mm -hmm. right? And in fact, I have to give credit to, I actually don't know who, don't remember who it was, but I'm sitting at a client meeting and I put together a deck Mm -hmm. uh, of different patterns and anti-patterns of success of DevOps adoption. And he says, oh, looks like you have a playbook here, uh, you know, of how to adopt DevOps. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we have a playbook, yes. And that's where the idea came from. I wish I remembered who it was. I'd have turned it down. I would have sent him a free copy. Uh, but then, you know, that's how the playbook theme came. And then if you, you know, as you read the book, I scattered sports analogies all through the book, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because, you know, other than my, my connection, family connection to sports, maybe to make it more interesting, right? Most uh, technology books are fairly dry to read, right? Of course, uh, you know, uh, Gene Kim, for his Phoenix Project book, made it a novel right. uh, along the line, lines of Gold Rats, uh, the, the goal. Uh, I wasn't that creative to make a novel around it. So I decided, great, let's throw in sports analogies. It fits in with the playbook idea. And also, if you look at it, right, no one size fits all when it comes to adopting DevOps. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody's starting point is different. And in, some, in a lot of cases, destination is different. So it's like a playbook. You know, uh, the coach makes a playbook. They don't run every play sequentially in a game. Right. They decide which play to run based on the situation, the scenario, which is what the structure of this book is. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that that 
we've kind of moved past trying to define it or, or spending time or wasting time trying to get a one-size-fits-all definition of DevOps, but one thing that's been pretty universally agreed upon by people like you and Gene and Jez Humble and, and others is that you know, operations has to be able to provision new environments rapidly. That, that is one part of it that is, that is absolutely required. And I've read a lot about how that benefits developers and testers, um, but, but what are the benefits for ops to have that time freed up that they used to spend provisioning those environments? Where do the, the benefits of that sure. capability come from? If, if you look at it from an ops perspective, right, if I put on my ops hat and uh, I look at what I am tasked to do, depending on the kind of application and running and how mission critical it is, it is operational efficiency and operational readiness is mm -hmm. what I'm measured on, right? Whether using ITIL to measure that or whatever other methodology or approach, uh, that's what I'm paid for, right? To make, keep stuff running efficiently. Mm -hmm. And I'm measured on, and I'm you know, dinged when there's an outage or a delay or loss of, of information of some kind. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm paid for. The more efficient I can become and the more uh, automated I can make things to reduce human error, mm -hmm. to reduce lack of consistency, to manage uh, large infrastructures, the easier and more achievable my job becomes, my, my goal becomes. Mm -hmm. So I think what's happening is that we are raising the abstraction of what an ops person does. From the person who's running around managing individual servers, configuring environments and middleware and applications and data and keeping things on, mm -hmm. they become the people who manage the, the automation mm -hmm. who does that, which does that, right? And in today's world of cloud, where you start getting cloud scale, whether you're talking about a private cloud or a public cloud or containers or whatever, or even serverless now, mm -hmm. at that scale, it, you can't humanly manage a server individually, right? Uh, in my book, I talk about uh, pets versus cattle, mm -hmm. right? And uh, that's not my invention. Uh, you know, I credit, I forget who it was. It's uh, in my book. I right. credit the person who came up with it. And when I'm managing a cattle farm of uh, hundreds of millions of, or dozens, hundreds of thousands of servers, or no, with containers, we talk about millions of containers. Right. I need that automation. And managing those environments, provisioning them quickly, and ensuring they are not snowflakes, they are not pets, right, who I groom and take care of, but are part of my my cattle ranch, mm -hmm. and there is consistency, and there is, uh, I have visibility and knowledge of what's going on, mm -hmm. that's what's important. So that's where the ops role has changed when it comes to DevOps. And in the DevOps world, what's constantly changing is the environment and the application running on it because we are continuously delivering. Right. So the ops environments have to be very resilient. So Skytap gets, speaking of a lot of what you just talked about, Skytap got a couple of mentions in the book, which was awesome to see. Thank you for that. I was, was curious as to what you knew about Skytap that, that makes, uh, makes us such a, a fit for, uh, for these sure. various stages of DevOps or maturities that, that people are, have or are in. Sure. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's a great example of somebody, your company is a great example, uh, Skytap, of somebody who saw the need early. Mm. And, I, and, and, and I, know, I don't know the history of the company that mm. much. I've known you you know, peripherally for the last four years and better for the last two years. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the origins were, right. right, or what the origin story is, but the fit is perfect. Mm -hmm. If you look at one of the tenets of DevOps, it is the ability to have production-like environments on demand as and when needed and be able to scale them and scale them down mm -hmm. uh, when and as needed. Mm -hmm. And that ability SkyTap has with, to do that in the cloud where you can manage your cost, and where you can ensure that the environment you're creating is exact 
clone, as you guys call it, mm-hmm. or replica of what you need mm-hmm. is the technology, you know, is kind of the, the unique technology uh, SkyTap brings to the table. So I think it's a great partnership uh, uh, we have between IBM and SkyTap. And in the DevOps story, it's a natural fit, mm-hmm. right? And of course, as I mentioned in my book, it is not the, the only way to solve the problem, right. but I think it's a very elegant and successful way uh, SkyTap has been able to solve that problem. Uh, and it's uh, something I believe everybody should take a look at. Thank you. Um, last question that we've got for you, another of my favorite parts of the book, you, you talk about compelling reasons to act. And again, like we've been talking about in this interview, they're, they're going to be different based on your organization and what your needs are. And you list some, some, uh, some reasons that are definitely, I, I would say, common uh, in the enterprise today. Um, but I wanted to know from from your perspective point uh, from your point of view, what are some of the most compelling ones that you've seen as you visited with customers that that drove people to adopt DevOps? Well, there is there is tactical compelling reasons and strategic compelling reasons. I don't think I'd sorted them that way in my book, but kind of implied that right. A tactical compelling reason to act would be I just had an outage, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure it doesn't happen again, or if it happens again, I recover more elegantly and don't lose data right mm-hmm. because. Uh, especially in today's world of continuous interaction and competitive markets, uh, that reputational risk is very high. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a tactical com- a reason to act, right? My customers couldn't get my, my service. Let's make sure it doesn't happen mm-hmm. the other way. Uh, again, the strategic uh, compelling reason to act is, is, is the need for innovation. Nobody, no industry today is, is as we were, somebody was referring, uber-proof. Mm-hmm. Right, and this is not a plug for the ride-sharing company Uber, but they have become a great analogy of an unknown entity, which came out of nowhere. Right, Travis Kalanick, I, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, it does not have a transportation background, does not have a taxi cab background. He is an ex-Facebook and Akamai employee, mm-hmm. right, and uh, a VC by background. I think he was been an investor. He came up with an idea. And it's the proverbial two guys in a lot of shop kind of idea, and they disrupted the entire industry. Mm-hmm. And everybody's concerned of that. Airbnb did that with, uh, with the hotel industry. Uh, in the financial services space, we've got all these payment companies doing that all over the place. Uh, we've got some upstarts now in the telco industry who are totally disrupting telco. So we don't know what will come next. Everybody needs to innovate. And I can go anywhere in the world and talk to any CIO of any large enterprise unless they are a startup or they manage a you know, fast-moving part of the organization, their IT budgets are primarily consumed by run and maintain. Mm-hmm. They don't have the resources to innovate. They don't have the ability to innovate because the systems take, uh, you know, take a long time to, to change. Mm-hmm. So the, the existing systems become a drag on the ability to innovate. Introducing DevOps on those existing systems allows you to optimize. Mm-hmm. And what you optimize will depend on your business needs, whether you're optimizing quality, whether you're optimizing speed, whether you're optimizing for, uh, for cost efficiencies. But that will then re- give you the ability to innovate. If you optimize for cost, it will free up resources in terms of money and people so that you can invest in innovation. Mm-hmm. If you optimize for quality, then when innovation goes fast, you won't break things as often. Mm-hmm. If you optimize for speed, your existing systems won't become a drag on your ability to innovate fast. So that's where you know, introducing DevOps across the spectrum of applications becomes very important. Mm-hmm. And as I discussed in my book, it is a spectrum. There's no one size fits all, and there's no two sides besides, with no uh, pun intended about two speed or bi-model or anything. I'm not bashing those models. They, right. have a, they have a place in the world. 
but in my opinion, it's multi-speed, right? Everybody is multi-speed. There are multiple lanes on the highway, and you do not tag those lanes on the highway, saying this is for 60 miles an hour, this is for 40 miles an hour, this is this is for the. You might expect that mm -hmm. that you know lanes here in the U.S. at one end go faster than the other, but they are not designed that way. The same way, any program can go as fast as their business needs them to go, but DevOps allows you to achieve that mm -hmm. and then optimize for whatever your business case is for that particular service, application, system, or, or line of business. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where this all kind of fits in together. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the SkyTap podcast. We want to thank Sanjeev for joining us. And as a reminder, you can pick up his new book, the DevOps Adoption Playbook online. We'll be sure and include a link to it when we post this to the SkyTap blog. Speaking of the blog, you can always find new episodes of this show posted there, along with a bunch of other great stuff. But you can also search for the SkyTap podcast on iTunes, subscribe, and then always be the first to know when new episodes are made live. We've got some fantastic guests lined up for the next month or more, so definitely don't miss out on hearing those. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode of the SkyTap Podcast.